Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about self-awareness and how to develop it because I've been talking about self-awareness since episode one of this podcast. I believe that self-awareness is the foundation for personal growth. It helps us and it gives us the capacity to learn from both our mistakes and our successes, and it enables us to keep growing. That's why I thought I would do an episode just about the topic of self-awareness. So today we're going to be talking about what it is and how can we develop self-awareness to help us in our personal growth journey. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves, those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Okay, so let's talk about self-awareness. What does it mean to begin with, right? Having self-awareness means that you have a sharp realization of your personality, and that may include your strengths, your weaknesses, your thoughts and beliefs, your emotions, and your motivations. Self-awareness is when you can recognize your emotions and your feelings, as well as your abilities and your preferences, and you can understand how your thoughts impact your behaviors and how your behaviors may impact others. If you are self-aware, it is easier for you for you to understand how other people might perceive you. Self-awareness is a vital step in taking control of our lives in creating the life that we want and mastering our future. Why? Because when we are self-aware, we can see where our thoughts and emotions are guiding us. It also allows us to take control of our actions so we can make the necessary changes so we can achieve the outcomes that we want. Developing self-awareness is a journey. And we know that self-awareness is critical. It's one thing that successful people have in common. They all share this key attribute that they are self-aware. If you want to develop your leadership skills, maybe enhance your career progression, or you want to focus on your personal development, building self-awareness is critical. And there are some simple ways that you can build your self-awareness. Today, I want to talk about five. Let me outline them for you, and then we'll deep dive into each of them. If you want to develop your self-awareness, you need to start by understanding your beliefs and identifying your values. Also, getting in the habit of asking for feedback and looking at yourself from other people's perspectives. Another thing is uh, you need to create the habit of reflection. And finally, understand the impact that stress has on you. 
So let's unbundle all these five things. Let's start with understanding our beliefs and identifying our values. Let me start by asking you a question. Have you ever had an experience of walking into a new environment and pretty quickly knowing whether that was the kind of place where you belong or rather a place where you don't see yourself at? This is a result of your set of values and beliefs. And values are not other thing that your beliefs about the world, your personal judgments about what is important in life. Your values direct um, a lot of how you interact with others or how do you feed into certain situations. Understanding your values can help you become clear on what is important to you. And that is the basis to build self-awareness. Here's the thing, we all have values. Some we share with others and some we don't. The decisions that we make are driven and based on our personal set of values. So it's important to understand our values and live by them if we want to live our best lives, if we want to create the successful career that we're looking for or fit um, to have a strong and fulfilling personal and professional relationships. Ultimately, um, if you're living in a way that doesn't align with your core values, you're not going to achieve any of those things. So how clear are you on what are your values? If I ask you right now, what are your top five values in your life? Would you be able to tell me which are those? So I think that if we want to develop self-awareness, we need to connect with those values first. Because as we said, those values guide our decisions, guide the way we interact with others or interact in situations. And um, a way to identify your values is doing a very simple exercise. In the link on the comments, on the description of this podcast, I'm going to put a link to um, a worksheet. Basically, what you're going to see in that worksheet is a list of values. It's not inclusive of all values, but I think it can be a good starting point. And the exercise is very simple. Read through all the words, through all these values, and identify the ones that resonate with you. And reflect on why do they resonate with you. And once you've done that exercise, try to prioritize those things. If you could only pick five things out of those that list, which five would you pick? And I have added some extra space so you can add maybe values that are not even on that list, things that are really important to you, that drive the way that you behave, that drive the way that you make decisions, that drive the way that you interact with others. And when you start thinking and reflecting on what drives your decisions, how do you show up for yourself? How do you interact with others? How do you react to new situations? That is going to help you get to the core of what your values are. And at that point, you're starting to build your self-awareness. Okay, strategy number two, ask for feedback. We can only make assumptions of how we come across to others. 
And when we do, what we do is that we create what we call blind spots. A blind spot is a broadly speaking is an area where your view is obstructed. Our blind spots hinder our self-awareness. You might be in control of the impression that you intend to make on others, but you're not totally in control of the impact that you make. Let me repeat that. You might be in control of the impression that you intend to make on others, but you are not totally in control of the impact that you make on others. I define impact as how other people perceive you. The only way that you can find how others see you is by asking for their perspectives, by asking for feedback. You can imagine, you can assume, you can speculate, but you can't know unless you ask. By asking others for feedback about how you come across, you can review where you come across as intended and where you didn't. And most importantly, you can find a way to adjust your approach. You know, developing self-awareness isn't just about how you think about yourself or knowing yourself, but it's also about understanding how others perceive you, which can provide you insights into your personality, your character, and your behaviors. You know, when we ask for feedback, I think that is very important, and you probably have heard this before, that you are on the right mindset. When we're asking for feedback, we need to be willing to really listen to the feedback. It can be hard sometimes to ask for feedback and listen for things that in our minds are not true. Because here's the thing. I think that we all have good intentions when we approach others. I shouldn't make that an absolute statement. Most people in most situations have their best intentions on how they want to come across or whatever the intention is. You have an intention on how you intend to come across to others. And when you get feedback that that is not the way that you came across, you can default into this mode of justification, trying to justify what was your original intent, that that was not what you meant, that that's not what you said or what you did. When we solicit feedback, we need to be willing to be quiet and just listen and receive the feedback. It will be up to you because it's always up to you what you do with that feedback. But at least you need to be willing to listen to it and willing to do something with that feedback. If you get into the habit of asking for feedback, but you don't change your behaviors as a result of the feedback that you receive, people are not going to want to give you feedback anymore. Now, we also need to be careful with the adjustments that we made in our behaviors, in our uh, in the way that we interact with others because we always want to stay true to who we are and we, we we want to be in congruence with the values that we talked about a few minutes ago. So at the end of the day, it's your decision. You decide what you change, but it's important that you're always willing to listen to the feedback and do something with that feedback. You know, feedback is a gift. 
is a gift that can help you continuously develop yourself. And I look at it as a three-step simple process on how to deal with feedback, which is review, refine, and repeat the three R's of feedback. First, you want to review how you come across. This could be by, again, asking for feedback from others, reflecting on the outcomes of certain situations, taking the time to think about how people responded to what you said or what you did and why that might be the case. It's also about being clear on your beliefs and actions in a particular situation. Step number two is refine. Refine your approach with others. What small tweaks can you make to ensure that you're coming across in the way that builds strong and collaborative relationships? How can you match your intentions and how you interact with others with the way that you want to come across, with the impact that you want to make on others? And finally, repeat. Repeat the process. If you want to be continuously developing, both personally and professionally, you have to maintain a practice of continuous development. This could mean gathering further feedback, learning new ways to enhance your your emotional intelligence, or creating your own feedback process and mechanisms. So think about what can you do to install this process in your life? Who can you ask for feedback today? And how can you review, refine, and repeat that process for yourself. The next strategy is to look at yourself from other people's perspective. Let me start by asking you a question. When did you last have a conversation with a friend about a situation? And as you're having this conversation, you found that you both perceive that exact situation very differently. Sometimes so differently that you wonder even if you were talking about the same situation in the first place. How could it be possible that two people that maybe this was a friend or a colleague of work that have so many things in common can see the same situation so differently? The answer is perspective. We all have our own perspectives, our own individual opinions, values, ideas, and ideals. We all have our own history and our unique way of processing information in our heads. Our perspectives feels to us like truth. is the way that we see the world, and it dictates the way that we interact with others as well. The fact is this. My perspective is no more truthful than yours. Just because they're different doesn't mean that one is true and the other one is not. Um, They're just different. We just see the world differently. Looking at um, situations from other point of view is one of the most effective ways to enhance our self-awareness. It can help us broaden our perspective and allow us to see alternative options and opportunities. In fact, let me tell you that it's going to be very hard to be self-aware without stepping outside of your own view of the world. Let me share with you 
my personal journey in developing self-awareness. When I started my career, I wasn't self-aware at all. I mean, I had the best intentions at heart. I um, I have shared my story in previous podcast episodes that I became a manager of people at a very young age. I wasn't mature enough to be a leader of a team, but I did. I had an amazing opportunity, and I think it was one of those opportunities that shaped um, who I am and helped me propose my career. But back to the topic of self-awareness, when I started my career, when I took my first leadership role, I wasn't self-aware at all. I have the best intentions at heart to be a good leader, to listen to others, to be supportive, to um, be a team player, to collaborate, to be inclusive of everyone. I truly, truly had the best intentions. And then I got my first 360 evaluation. A 360 evaluation, if you're not familiar with what it is, basically is that people all around you provides feedback on you. So the people that report to you, your boss, your colleagues, your peers, your customers provide feedback on how they perceive you. And let me tell you that when I read that report from that first 360 that I had in my life, I was in complete shock. I actually believe that I got the wrong report. I thought that this report was about someone else, not about me, because the gap between how I thought I came across and how I was actually perceived and how I actually came across in the eyes of others was so big. The gap was so big. Um, I was not coming across at all in the way that I was intending. And that was my first aha moment. That was the moment that I decided that I wanted to build my self-awareness, that I realized how important it was to build my self-awareness. And I started to practice a lot of the things that I'm sharing with you today. And it has been a journey uh, because, as I mentioned at the beginning, self-awareness and developing self-awareness is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. The second pivotal moment in my self-awareness journey was the first time that I was on a stressful conversation and I felt like I was in a movie. You know when you're in a movie and like you get out of your body and you're watching at the scene from above? The first time that I experienced something like that, that's the best way that I can describe what I experienced, it was surreal. It was really surreal, but I could see like the scene was slowing down and I was able to see myself interacting in that situation. I could listen to myself. I could see my body language. I could really see myself from a totally different angle and a totally different perspective. And I think that that is the moment that I realized that I was beginning to be self-aware, that I could really see myself from a different perspective. So the next time that you find yourself on a tricky situation where you can feel that the tension is rising, the emotions 
are starting to come to surface, I want to invite you to pause, to stop what you're doing. Um, you want to pretend as if you're watching a movie, like I described a minute ago, just unfolding this movie in front of you and you are taking a step outside of that a scene and you're letting go of what is in your head. Maybe you're feeling frustrated. Maybe you're annoyed. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're upset. Start to connect with how you're feeling and describing with words in your mind how is that you're feeling in that moment. And then stop focusing about on the scene and look at it as, as your role is changing. You're not longer the character in that scene, but you're the narrator of the scene. Try to describe to yourself in your mind what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're seeing in the other person as well. Focus on the body language and the words that are being used and the tone of the voice that you're using and um, try to see the other person and how the other person is feeling and reacting to what you're saying. I know this feels like it will take a lot of time, but believe me, you're going to get to a point that this happens even without you noticing or controlling it. And it's happening all at the same time that you are in the middle of the scene, which is surreal. And that's how it felt for, to me the first time that it happened. But you know, next time, Take a moment, imagine what the other person could be feeling, could be thinking. Why might the other person be reacting the way that they are reacting to this conversation, to what you're saying, or how you're saying what you're saying? You won't have the right answers here, but that's not the point. The point is that you're going to be able to consider other possible perspectives. This exercise can help you see challenging situations from a complete different perspective and potentially even changing the way that you respond and react to that situation. And it's going to increase your self-awareness and you're going to feel a deeper connection with yourself and you're going to feel that you're in much more control of that situation and the impact that you're making on that other person. Okay, the next strategy is create the habit of reflection. I believe that this is one of the first things that anyone can do uh, and one of the easiest things that someone can do to develop self-awareness. If you ask me where should I start in developing my self-awareness, I would say start here in creating the habit of reflection or self-reflection. Why? First of all, because it's simple. And second, because you don't need to rely on anybody else to do it. You can do it on your own, at your own pace, on your own time. And what does it really mean? Well, what it means is taking the time and the space to consider what happened, what has happened, um, the situations that you've been involved, how those situations evolve, how you reacted in those situations, how did you behave in those situations, what were you thinking, what were you feeling in those situations, and that helps create self-awareness. 
There's different ways that you can do this. One way is to introduce the practice of journaling. It's something that you can include on your morning, on your evening routine. Just, I like to do it at the end of the day. I like to take five minutes to reflect on my day. How did my day went? Um, what are the highlights of my day? What are the things that went well? What are the things that I feel proud of? And what are the things that I'm not feeling comfortable about? What are the things that if I could go back in time, I would do differently? And then I reflect on those situations and I try to replay that movie in my head on how the situation happened, looking at it again, like if you were looking at that as seen from above and trying to reflect on what was my my tone? What was my body language? What words did I use? Why the situation went the way it went? Could I have done something different so it could have had a different output? Another exercise that I look, I like to do on a monthly basis is reflect and rate different areas in my life. So I rate um, my health, my relationships. Um, I rate um, my career, my finances, and my personal and spiritual life from one to 10. I do that at the end of every month. That's how I end my month. And I add some additional self-reflection questions like, what are, were my main accomplishments this past month? What were my main challenges this past month? Uh, what are the things that I feel proud of? What are the things that I don't feel proud of? What are the things that I want to improve next month? What do I want to focus on next month that I didn't do this month or I didn't do as I wanted to do this month? And that exercise really helps me to hone in on self-reflecting and becoming more aware of my thoughts, my feelings, my strengths, my weaknesses, even my values and my beliefs. Okay, the last strategy is understanding the impact that stress has on you. Before I jump into the topic of stress, um, one tool that can really help you start your journey of self-awareness is doing a personality test. There's many out there. There's the DISC, there's the Measure Bricks, there's the Predictive Index, even the Enneagram. Any of these um, tests can give you a head start into understanding yourself and your personality traits. And the thing with these reports and with personalities that there's no good or bad. It's just what it is. And we're all different. And just understanding what are some of those leading personality traits that define you is a great way to build self-awareness. Now, jumping into the topic of stress, sometimes we become so used to experiencing a stress that it becomes a norm in our lives. And we no longer be able to discerning where, when we are stressed. And understanding how you become stressed is one key factor that helps you build self-awareness. But also how you react to stress and what impact stress has in your lives. And I want to connect this with the personality test that I was just mentioning because any of these personality tests 
will give you what is your true personality, your baseline personality. But the reality is that we go through life adopting our personality to the situations. And it's not that we're not being true to ourselves. It's just that our personalities are complex, right? There's many aspects of our personalities. And as human beings, we adapt to the situations that are in front of us. I'll give you an example. I'm a type A personality. I'm a driver. I'm independent. I'm result-oriented. But I don't act in that way in every situation. You know, I use my judgment as to when is appropriate to bring up that strong A-type personality and when is not. But when we are under stress, especially under high levels of stress, we are less capable of controlling those things. And we really come across as our true self. So in as a very strong type A personality, when I'm under stress, I can come across very assertive. I can come across loud, like even the tone of my voice increases naturally. And I'm more of a persuasive communicator. Um, I listen less and I talk more and things like that. Um, Over the years, I have come aware of the impacts that stress had in my life and how it impacts my behaviors and the way that I come across to others when I'm under stress. And the key here is that when you are under stress, you're less in control of modifying your behaviors and the way that you come across. That's why it's so important that we understand stress. So let me break it down in four steps. Step number one, it's important that you understand how stress affects you. How do you know when you're under stress? How do you feel when you're under stress? The second thing or second step is to identify the source of your stress. Think about events or situations that trigger those stressful feelings. Maybe is your family, maybe is your health, maybe is your work, maybe is your relationships or a particular person that stressed you or a particular type of situation. Try to be really honest with yourself. It's important to get to the root cause of the issues of what cause stress in your life, which is different for all of us. We all have different triggers and, and different buttons that trigger us. The third thing is to learn your stress signals. What happens when you're stressed? How do you react when you're under stress? Um, Does it become more difficult for you to make decisions or to concentrate? Does the tone of your voice change? Does your body language change? Do you feel angry, frustrated, irritated, overwhelmed, out of control? Maybe even you have some physical reactions to stress when those levels of stress are really high. So really try to learn those signals. And lastly, recognize how you deal with stress. Think about how your behavior is affected. How are you coping with that stress? How does it manifest? And what are some mechanisms or some strategies that work for you to keep your stress under control so it doesn't control you. 
I think I did a podcast episode at one time where I share strategies to manage stress, but some strategies that really have helped me over the years, one is to get active, to exercise. I think that exercise can change our mood, can change our enhance our productivity and our ability to focus and to stay more in control and to release the stress as well, right? It can be a coping mechanism, but it can also be a release mechanism for stress. Another thing is to have a support network, uh, your go-to network of people that really you can go to and get whatever is on your chest out, right? Sometimes we just need to vent and we need someone that can listen to us and that can be a good way to let go of stress. Um, Another strategy is to accept that we can change everything, that we're not in control of everything. And just realizing that can help us to let go of stress. Remind ourselves that, you know, we can control everything, We can change everything. Um, We can only do our best to find the best solution possible for that situation. Another coping mechanism to control stress is reflection. We talked about self-reflection a few minutes ago, but journaling about what is stressing you can help you reduce those levels of stress. Taking a pause, taking a break, Um, doing some breathing exercises. Some people like to meditate or practice yoga as good practices to manage stress. Try to identify what are both coping mechanisms as well as stress-relieving mechanisms that can help you stay in control of your stress so your stress doesn't control you. Okay, so I want to close today's episodes and sum up what we've been talking today by saying that building your self-awareness takes commitment and focus. It's a journey, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode. But if we invest in developing our self-awareness in return, that can help you improve your relationships. It can help you to react more positively to challenging events in your life, can help you turn obstacles into opportunities, can help you boost your confidence, can help you live a happier life. As I said in the introduction of today's podcast episode, self-awareness is the foundation for personal growth. If your personal growth is something that is important to you, and I think it is, otherwise you will not be listening to this podcast episode then focus and invest on developing your self-awareness. If you develop your self-awareness, that is going to give you the capacity and the ability to learn from both your mistakes as well as your successes and to enable you to keep growing and keep becoming a better version of yourself. Okay, if you like today's podcast episode, As always, I'm going to ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Those reviews really help um, get the podcast more visibility and to spread the word. So I would really, really appreciate if you could go right now to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And while you're there, make sure that you subscribe so you get notifications of upcoming new podcast episodes. And finally, if you think 
that anyone in your life can benefit from today's content, or if you can think of one person that could really benefit from today's content, please send them the link to this podcast episode. Help me spread the word and help more people get these tips. And um, yeah, with that, I hope you have an amazing day. And I'm looking forward to see you again on another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.